0: good morning i'm your host claudia shamba welcoming you to the march 26 2013 edition of ask a leader i know many of you are keeping an eye on the supreme court's hearing oral arguments for and against California's Proposition 8 and the Federal Defense of Marriage Act, but I'm glad to have your ears with us for the moment. As we start, we're going to stay pretty local today. First, visiting with the Irvine Public School Foundation CEO, Neda Zengli, and then before everybody has taken off for their spring break or the ones that are coming back, heading off to Easter weekend or other travel, I'll talk with John Wayne Airport Arts Program Curator Coordinator, Jeffrey Frisch. With me in Studio A are some some friends that may chime with some questions we'll see for about that as uh, iusd parents and avid travelers they've got a little skinless game so don't go away we'll be right back Thank you, everybody, for staying with us today. My first guest is Nada Zengel, the Chief Executive Officer of the Irvine Public Schools Foundation, and I'll be calling it IPSF to be uh, not so uh, so wieldy about it. Nada guides the strategic visioning and direction of the foundation, program and social enterprise developments, day-to-day operations, and implementation of fundraising, campaigns, and initiatives. It's really colossally uh, involved. She joined IPSF in 2009 after management roles at Boys Town USA and Olive Crest Homes and Services for Abused Children. With her board-certified behavior analyst credential, Nita has worked in various educator and consultant capacities. Neda Hales, from nearby Uni High, received her bachelor's degree at Biola University and competed professionally in volleyball. Her master's degree in psychology she earned at Pepperdine University. She lives with her family in Irvine, where her two children are enrolled in Irvine Unified School District schools. Neda Zengel, welcome to Ask a Leader. Thank you very much, Claudia. I'm glad. It's good morning to you. Well, IPSF has certainly grown from the days of yore. Um, at the IPSF's inception 1996 when the uh, Irvine company would shore up some of the IUSD's budget shortfalls by cutting like a five six digit check to s- support art music and science instruction can you can you break down the categories or the sources of support for the 1.4 million dollar that IPSF distributes to schools and how much how much is that's coming uh, from the Irvine company
1: Sure, I'd be happy to. Well, yes, the, the $1.4 mil, uh, million figure was last year's figure that we were able to contribute successfully to the Irvine Unified School District. And how that's that is, uh, th- that's made up is basically, I like to, to uh, kind of refer to it as like a three-legged stool. So a third of it comes from our community of households, our parent community, residents of Irvine that support us. A third of it comes from businesses and corporations. And the other third comes from the City of Irvine's Challenge Match Program program. Um, the Irvine Company dollars that, that uh, the one the 1.1 million a year that you're uh, con- uh, or 2.1 million that you're referencing that does not is not included in that figure. Um, so that's on top of the 1.4 million support that we give to the district.
0: Okay. Well, so um, then uh, the Irvine Public School Foundation it's lovely it can pay for certain positions in the school district um, as your mission statement says, pos- and I'm quoting, positions that the state does not fund or require. Nada, can-, can you tell us how this distinction is drawn and how do you implement this mission?
1: Sure. Well, we work very collaboratively and very closely with, with IUSD, the uh, school district, and we basically sit down with them at the beginning of the year and kind of map out what their funding priorities are, what they're looking at for the next year, what their budget's going to be looking, li- looking like. If there's any areas uh, that that we consider as, as critical, um, however, critical in enrichment, um, so not part of their core curriculum, then if that's, that's in jeopardy of being cut or reduced, then that's something that we would Would uh, work with the school district on to see if that's something we could fundraise for. So, for example, positions in the past and in in this current year, actually, music teachers, uh, primary music teachers, grades K through three. Every student is able to receive music instruction because of donations to our uh, our foundation.
0: Okay. Well, um, there is we we, there are many programs. You've started talking about some of the programs. Um, There, uh, there are. As you said, the, the music program, there's the after-school classroom in en- en- Richmond. It's called the ACE program by many. Yes. Uh, the middle and high school college prep seminars. Um, I don't know if we need to be mentioning some deadlines as you enumerate these up.
1: Actually, I, I would love to take the opportunity just to let folks know, your listeners know, that we are currently enrolling. We just started enrollment yesterday. Yes, I got that. Yes, in my notes. Go ahead. Oh, good. Okay, the Summer Enrichment Academy. And we're really proud of this program. It has grown, and it's a very robust program offering for all of our students. And uh, enrollment is currently going on for our uh, uh, elementary school children, grades K through 6 and 7 through 8. And... Um, and folks can go on our websites at the IPSF.net uh, or uh, IPSF Academy, um, and they can look at the wide array of offerings that are offered at um, at our schools this summer. In addition to the K-6 through and 7-8, through we're also offering uh, High School Enrichment um, Academy for our high school students, and there's several different components to that one. Um, yes. One of them, actually, uh, is in conjunction with uh, Irvine Valley College, and it's an offering. It's a very new program for us and uh, essentially students are able to take summer courses in the summer uh, at IVC but taught by IVC professors and they can earn a college credit. Well, um so that that's an exciting one. So
0: you're capturing all grade levels for exactly. the, the summer enrichment opportunity.
1: Exactly. And then, uh, I mean,
0: I don't know, I probably we wouldn't have much of a health clerk system were it not for IPSF, would we, in the district? The health clerks? The health clerks, yes, correct.
1: Yes, we, we, uh, we're very proud to be able to work with the school district to be able to provide funding for health clerks, um, also nurses. We provide funding for school nurses. We work in collaboration with one of our wonderful partners, Hogue Hospital, um, and Hogue matches dollar for dollar what we raise towards School nurses, and that, that's a, a wonderful thing that we're able to offer. So
0: you're leveraging not just uh, corporate funds, household contributions, but uh, services throughout the the county for for extending this kind of coverage that's that's really needed. We know that from all the the asthma uh, packets exactly. in every school uh, health uh, center and uh, and so on. Um, so um, I'm looking at um, well, for one, we need to mentioned that for those who are wondering how they're going to get in touch with you that it's the ipsf.net is the website for people to continue to look for uh, upcoming um, deadlines because the summer schedule is uh, not it's really really around the corner actually in terms of
1: Yes, for the summer program, if they can go online, they can go on our website, uh, www.ipsf.net, and from there they can go in a, into the program section and they can see the mini-program offerings. Um, the summer program is also included in there, and the website is www.ipsfacademy.org. And once they go in there, there's the, the full catalog of K-8 through as well as all the offerings of the high school program that I mentioned earlier.
0: Okay, okay. So, and then... Um in terms of what's current, uh, you, you, your visibility really is extensive. There was uh, the uh, Irvine Pakistani Parents Association presenting that cricket tournament. That just happened that earlier just this happened. month. Yes. And then upcoming, there will be the, the Don Bren Honors Concert on April 24th that is going to give you a chance to showcase just how much enrichment folks are getting in the music, The sort of your farm team into your sort of really super professional um, students by the time they're reaching high school. So that's that's up and coming. Um, and uh, then the Laguna, I'm going to give you chances to plug your okay. raffle here for yes. the Laguna Beach Million Dollar Home.
1: Yes, we are so excited to partner with the Ocean Institute again for the second year to offer the Million Dollar Home uh, raffle. So uh, folks can can actually uh, come onto our website and uh, submit their their email addresses and their name and just to receive information as that program launches. But it's an opportunity to support uh, the schools and the Ocean Institute and also uh, you know have a very good chance of winning a million dollars and mar- various other prizes.
0: Okay, okay. Well, for those of you who've just joined us, you're listening to Ask a Leader on 88.9 FM in Irvine, streaming. I'd say through school districts all over the world on KUCI.org. My guest at this half hour is Nada Zengel, CEO of Irvine Public School Foundation. We've been talking about various uh, programs that IPSF does make available. And I'd like to shift into some sort of really uh, heavy lifting uh, fiscal uh, questions. Um, Since the ACLU successfully challenged the legality of school fees being collected, Changing the formula by which the district can charge for programs like athletics and summer school, and since households themselves determine how much they would donate in lieu of what would be be collected in fees, what impact has that had on donations at IPSF?
1: Well, the ACLU lawsuit certainly had an impact on the school district. Uh, There there are various programs that were affected at the school sites uh, that were offered previously by the school district. Um, Fortunately, IPSF is a separate non-for-profit entity with our own own, uh, bylaws, our own board of trustees. Uh, So we are not subject to those same sort of um, uh, implications. Um, Our programs are, because they're separate from the school district and there are enrichment programs, the fees, the charging of the fees was not affected. And and that's great, because those opportunities still need to be there for our students, and, and our families do uh, look for those opportunities for their children. So we, we were fortunate enough that, that doesn't affect us directly. However, of course, indirectly it does, and it, it does affect our partner. Right. Well, I mean, I'm
0: thinking probably people, and they feel like, I've just written out a check for... Well, uh, they don't know how much they should write the check out for some of those programs to the district. So I don't know, they're writing that check. I don't know if that makes them... If they're thinking... Thinking differently, though, so then how much do they cut to IPSF, that kind of a thing? I sure. didn't know if that's in play. Well, we have we have an IUSD parent in the studio, and she's got another uh, heavy lifter, a fiscal question. This is Sachiko Galassetti. Go ahead, Sachiko. Hi. Hi. Um, thanks for letting me be here. Um, I have been reading about Governor uh, Jerry Brown's proposal to redistribute funds from the wealthier districts to the uh, lower-income e- schools, and
1: I was wondering what your thoughts were about that and um, how that would affect IUSD, if at all. Well, I think uh, uh, currently what I'm hearing from the school district, and I have to rely on their expertise, um, they certainly have the the. The um, they've done the research and done their homework, um, and we actually just sent a group of of our wonderful students up to Sacramento. Um, they're good. Yeah, they absolutely. do a good job of that. They do. They certainly do. Um, you know, I, it, f- currently, I, I I will say that it doesn't does not look good for Irvine mm-hmm. um, what uh, Governor Brown is proposing. Um, however, I trust in our school district, and I trust that um, that they will be advocating for what's right for us. Um, so I, I just think it's it's a little early for us, premature for IPSL to kind of take a stance on that however we're ready um, what it could mean for us is that we would need to increase our level of support to the school district and which we're mm-hmm. uh, willing and happy to do with the support of our community and our business uh, business and corporate partners and of course our city
0: well there, that you. there are there is a large awareness of that uh, redistribu- redistribution redistribution um, and post uh, approval of prop 30 so uh, mm-hmm. we're um, I'm sure that's getting, getting your, your groundwork sort of started there. Well, and that, that leads me into this question, and uh, you know I'm, I'm going to go there with you, Neda, is mm-hmm. that the goals and the priorities of the IUSD school board, uh, they have their goals and priorities. You have your goals and priorities, and I un- understand there's a little bit of a healthy and inevitable tension between those two agendas. How does that work? How do you reconcile that?
1: Well, you know, i, I tell you honestly, Claudio, our relationship with the school district is, is really fantastic. Um, it, I feel that it's, there's open communication. Um, we work very collaboratively with them. Like I mentioned earlier, as part of our no. funding priorities discussion, we sit down with the school district um, formally, I mean, uh, throughout the year. Um, of course, you know, the, Terry Walker, our superintendent, and our, and our school board representatives, they're very involved with us as we are with them. But we do sit down uh, formally and... And just have these open discussions about what are their, you know, wh- what is the reality with the school district? What is their budget looking like? How can they see IPSF supporting them in the best way possible? Um, so the priorities actually uh, kind of. They they work well together. Of course, our focus is enrichment. So, um, what we provide to the school district um, and, and our students is really um, it, it's sort of the cherry on top. It's the extra. It's 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 what w- makes truly a, a world class education here in, in Irvine for our students. So, um, you know, I think I think our missions go are aligned and they go hand in hand. Of course, there's times when when the school district's priorities might be a little different than ours, but we we dialogue and, and communicate those. Things things, because at the end of the day, our students need to benefit um, from us working together.
0: So, Neda, who are you looking to um, uh, step up a little bit? What sector are you looking for uh, more participation financially in our community?
1: Well, um, I'll go back to that third, third, third. Um, I really would love to reach more parents um, and residents, not just parents that have, uh, you know, that have, that have children in our schools, but residents uh, living in Irvine that are benefiting from the quality of schools that we have. Um, right. In our they community. Benef-
0: right. The property value tends exactly. to be correlated. Exactly. Yes.
1: Exactly. So I'd love to see a little uh, uh, an increase in participation from our entire community, and then our businesses and corporations. We've had um, a, a significant increase in the number of corporate supporters. Um, that have come on board corporate partners. If you go on our website, there's a, there's a long list. Um, yes. In fact, the Orange County Business Journal just published, and it's on my desk right now, the giving guide. And um, we we were um, we wanted to mention all of the corporate partners that have supported us uh, this past year. So that number continues to grow. But I would still love to see um, our businesses and and um, our corporations supporting us. And, and there's a wide uh, array of ways they can support us through programs. They can support us through you know our, like our honors concert our golf tournament that's coming up, our gala. Um, so That's th- in May. That is in May. May 13th is our golf tournament. And then, of course, our Spirit of Excellence Gala is October the 12th, and that's where we honor distinguished uh, Irvine alumni, bring them back and tell their story in an effort to inspire the community to continue to support uh, our efforts.
0: Well um then for those I want to just remind any new listeners that are joining us we're talking to Neda Zangle she's the CEO of Irvine Public School Foundation we're talking about the really it's a it's a it's a very special role and it's and it's very important in when you when you talk about enrichment it's reaching in not not into um enrichment in, in a really casual way it's it's also trying to sort of provide instructional support so that those class sizes that are mushrooming and they are we're all we're all in the studio uh, attesting to that that uh, that the enrichment takes on an, an additional texture with actually trying to give, some relief, some support to those teachers that have those huge classrooms. So, especially targeting, still as many years, the first, second, third, and ninth grades. But that's but that's sliding a little bit because each of those grades is size or class sizes have increased from when mine were in elementary school, and they're now high school or beyond.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, I want to bring up the. Um, Thing. I, Lita Robineau, a former uh, board member um, she was my very first guest on this show when I started in uh, t- almost three years ago and and we talked about and I want to know how that's working out now with that um, how the, the the mix of support that um, between the PTA organizations on each campus and IPSF and I realize that it it's a delicate subject. Given how households are asked, they're asked on a regular basis to contribute to their child's PTA. There's everybody's got it marked on their calendar. They're, it's an annual ritual of when they buy this, when they buy that, when you turn out for an assembly. It's a PTA sort of revenue kind of a thing. It's a or it's a an evening fundraiser. That's all PTA money. IPSF doesn't get any of that. So, um, in terms though of the year-to-year sound planning and budgeting, um, where does the I USD parent get the most bang for their buck.
1: Well, uh, a couple things. With the PTAs, and uh, of course, uh, w- our relationship with PTAs, again, it's kind of similar to our relationship with IUSD. It's, we work very closely with each other, open communication and collaboration. Um, and I think that's that's uh, ultimately our goals are the same, right? They're our goals are, are to provide the best educational opportunities for our, our students as possible. I think what has helped, um, and probably from the last time you spoke with Lita, oh, yes. what has, what, the progress that we've really made and really really proud of this progress is that we've been able to work closely with PTAs to, to, to sort of um, clarify our messaging. And um, part of that had to do with clarifying what PTAs were fundraising for and what we were fundraising for and communicating those differences to the parents as clearly as possible so that ultimately a parent parent can make the decision that hopefully is the decision to, A, support their Individual PTAs, their individual school, um, because that's very important to do, and and their their teachers, you know, their their, their child's classroom, as well as their child's school, but then uh, in addition to that, if they're able to, to also support IPSF because the quality of education for all of our students in, in Irvine is, is equally important. Um, and one of the examples we have, we have given to parents uh, in the past that has seemed to resonate with them is that your child won't be at that one elementary school forever. They're eventually going to be moving on to one of, you know, five uh, uh, middle schools. Right. And then from there, they're going to go to one of you know four high schools. And you really want to make sure that, that your, your child has had the same educational experience as the child that's sitting next to them that it may have come in from another feeder school. And um, really, that's what IPSF is about. We're funding things that are district-wide on a bigger level that sort of maintains that educational excellence for all. Um, and if we can convey that to, to parents, they can see the difference. Okay, it's important to give, you know, to my school, to my PTA, and it's also important to give to the foundation. Um, And I I think we've made a lot of progress in that area. Of course, there's still some confusion, um, but it's a a continuous, uh, you know, effort. I guess it's
0: easier to make that case with uh, families with children in different schools, so, you know, they, they begin to look more broadly at at the different levels. But I I can attest to how some frenzies I've witnessed, perhaps been a part of where we're trying to work on shoring up just that classroom size and we're not so concerned about how many uh, writing programs there are at the high school, but uh, right. after I, I think when I don't know, when I see the dread in those uh, IUSD board meetings, I can I think well we, who'd want to close the door on a terrific writing program in ninth grade just so that we could only take care of one thing? So it's sort uh, it's a uh, it's good that you're uh, making inroads in uh, bringing a, a broader sort of district wide perspective to uh, people's donations.
1: Right, exactly, and in some cases we also work. Uh, Work uh, collaboratively with with PTAs to fundraise for things. So, for example, That's you sure. mentioned health clerks earlier. Right. So, health clerks. The the neat thing about that is we are IPSF is able to fund the actual position of the health clerk. So we fund the position, and with with certain amount of hours per position, and then PTAs can then fundraise and add su- supplemental hours to that position. So, you know, in some cases, we do work collaboratively uh, to provide you know whatever that that the need is.
0: Very good. Good luck to that. Um, Thank you. Well, I we have a there's an additional question from another parent. She has uh, one child in the high school level and one in middle school, correct? Yes. And Mitra, Mitra has a question for you.
1: Okay, hi, um, Mitra.
2: Hi Neda, Ma, I think um, I got the part of my question but I prefer to ask you, first of all, um, thank you for having me uh, here, happy spring to everybody, and happy Persian new year to Persian family. Yes, happy north to you. <laughs> thank you. And uh, yeah, um, you know that personally I love art and I love music. Mm, and um, I donate uh, too many hours um, of my time to my kids' school um, as volunteer work in their art project and their music project. But um, when I think, um, mm, I don't know how we can help or he can, uh, we can guide a little bit of uh, funds that uh, we raise. Uh, to preventing of layoff uh, staff, especially teachers in um, urban unified school district. Because I think the bo- most important things in uh, keeping the high level of um, schools is uh, the size of
0: classes.
1: Okay, well, thank you for your question. First of all, I just wanted to thank you for volunteering in the classrooms and at your school. I think Amen. I thank it's every yeah. volunteer. I should have actually it's opened the show with a dedication. <laughs> to all the volunteers it's out there. my pleasure. Yeah. I that's love
2: that. I, I love
1: that. That's great. I think I'm sure it's very appreciated uh, by your school and, and your principal. So thank you for doing that. Um, as far as um, your question about about positions and, and keeping those positions and layoffs, etc., I would suggest um, that I mean I think I think your concern is 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 a good concern. I think I would suggest that you have open dialogue with your um, on site your principal at your school, as well as their school board representatives that are assigned to every school site in IUSD. And if you go on the IUSD website, you can find your school and uh, find out who your school board representative Representative is and your principal can also tell you who that is and having worked with all five of those school board members let me tell you that they're they're wonderful folks and they uh, will always welcome the opportunity to sit down with you and have a conversation about what your concerns may be um, and I think that those those kinds of conversations that have to do with positions and and layoffs etc we kind of we allow the school district to kind of that that's that's their job really so uh, we let them handle it, and um, of course, if there's concerns in the community, we're happy to pass that on to them. But um, I would suggest that that you communicate with them and you let them know what your concerns are. But in, in the meantime, thank you for continuing to support your school and volunteering. That's great.
2: Thank you.
1: Well, we are going to come to a.
0: Close shortly. I don't know if, if uh, Sachiko Gallesetti had any uh, additional questions here. Um, okay. It's uh, there. We've we've mentioned some deadlines that are coming up. The the opening for the summer enrichment program that IPSF is uh, Irvine Public School Foundation is uh, presenting uh, is was it was yesterday. And so uh, when will that close?
1: And uh, does or does it close see.
0: with limited space?
1: Um, it will close. You know what? I don't have okay. the date in front of me well, right now. I don't know when that will close, quick but staffer. I, would, I would tell you this. I went yesterday and signed up my two children. I have a second grader and a kindergartner. actually, okay. incoming third grader and first grader, and signed them up yesterday, and I have to tell you, their classes are almost full. Okay, So that's I, the would word. Not, um, ho- I would not wait for the deadlines, although I'm sure they're probably um, towards the end of next month, I would be my guess, but I would not wait. I would go sooner than later because these classes are very popular, um, and they're also a lot of fun.
0: Indeed. Well, I, I'm going to close with this note that I have mixed feelings about the relative affluence of Irvine that can support an institution like the Irvine Public School Foundation, and that I really, really find um, it's very unacceptable that we have these resources and that it isn't a statewide condition that, uh, that not all school districts are created alike. And I, I always feel like when I contribute in whichever ways that I do, that um, it's not enough that Irvine is, is looked after with these kinds of this private support. But I would want to appeal um, to people um, to politically understand the connection between supporting uh, public schools locally and statewide. And I, I, I would sort of hope that IPSF's mission is to, to uh, support schools to the extent that, they, that you're no longer necessary. Amen to that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good All comment. right. Good comment. Well, I well, it's just my little earnest way I do this show sometimes. So, uh, Nada Zengel, CEO of the Irvine Public School Foundation, was our guest. Thank you for being on the show, and good luck with the upcoming ventures. And uh, I want to wish you um, a quality education for your second grader and your kindergartner.
1: Claudia, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to speak with you and to meet your audience as well.
0: Okay. Thanks a lot. Take care. Well, we are going to... Uh, be right back after a station break, and uh, we'll listen to my next guest, Jeffrey Frisch, who is the John Wayne Arts Program Curator and Coordinator. Thank you for staying with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everybody, for staying with us back at Ask a Leader. My next guest is Jeffrey Frisch, a working artist, studio artist and curator coordinator of the John Wayne Airport Exhibitions. I thought that while many of you might be heading out for a spring break, some of you have already head out, we couldn't quite get this early as I wanted, uh, over some Easter trip or something like that. And we thought we would have a chance to talk with Jeffrey Frisch, the one and only uh, former art, well, the one and only curator, coordinator of the John Wayne Airport. Airport's art program. Uh, He is the former executive director of the Orange County Center for Contemporary Art. He joined the John Wayne Art Program in uh, 1998. He's also signage design and scale model, model construction for corporate design experience, municipal and nonprofit organizations. Among his clients are the cities of Burbank and Irvine, as well as the Discovery Science Center and Museum of Orange County as a representative of the orange county center for contemporary art jeff has worked in a partnership with santa ana to relocate occca in the city's downtown arts district a a district which has become one of the leading cultural gathering places in the county i'll attest to that myself he's an affiliate of occca and current assistant director Um, and past member of the Board of Directors of the Irvine Contemporary Arts Council, also another fine institution here in our midst, and a former Irvine City Council appointee to the Special Committee on the Arts. A graduate of California State University, Los Angeles, Jeff has received an undergraduate degree in graphic design and a graduate degree in sculpture from that university and previous to that he attended Art Center College Design um, and he's, he's modest in his bio he doesn't include that he is a also a, a veteran and uh, that's where you know uh, things he's a uh, has some uh, little, uh, you know, bruises to show for that. As a working artist, he's frequently frequently exhibiting his mixed-media constructions in Orange County. He comes to us today right from that airport where people are rummaging around for their ID, lumbering with their luggage, and hopefully taking a look at your work. Welcome to the show, Jeffrey Frisch.
3: Well, thank you, and good morning.
0: Good morning. Well, the airport is a very special sort of venue, with literally a captive audience. i'm I'm sure that listeners are curious as to how you select the work that's shown. How do you approach people, where do they come from? what's what's going on behind those exhibits we get to look at? if we're if we've got our ID already out, now we can start looking at it.
3: Well, we have basically three ongoing uh, rotating exhibition programs. Two of them are on the side of the airport before you go through security and they're open to the public 24/7. The artists for the program called the Community Focus Space are all Orange County related artists. They've either been born here, gone to school, work here or on property and have just a, you know, obvious connection to the county and um they are exhibited in solo style exhibitions in the Community Focus of program, which is designed to showcase Orange County artists. And there's a number of different ways they come to me. How do they? Some of them will call me and find out about it when they've seen other exhibits of other artists work there. And then um, we also do a call to artists, which is currently in progress and uh, available information on our website. And then we have the... Uh, other program, excuse me, the other exhibition program on the non-secure side of the airport. It's titled Orange County, colon, Destination Arts and Culture. And that features the, um, some of the high-profile arts and cultural venues of nonprofits, 501 501c3s like uh, that have a place that you can go see something, like the initial exhibitor was the Bowers Museum, and it was followed by Um, That was followed up by the Orange County Performing Arts Center, and that exhibit was followed up by all of the different exhibits through this last summer that are available in the uh, arts uh, scene in Laguna Beach. And uh, those exhibits are roughly quarterly. They're they're three or four months long. And uh, then we have on the secure side of the airport, uh an exhibition program which is much more styled after gallery or more more accurately museum style exhibitions that they 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 have sort of a curated theme or a very particular particular idea they can be art from contemporary art Traditional art. There's different things in pop culture. We have had sports history. We've had science. There's a number of different ways that the exhibitions are um, are organized for that. So hopefully that gives you a little a little. little sense of it.
0: And we'll we'll break down what each one of those are currently after sure. we get to um, finish the general. But are there any kind of criteria that you you know you've got a, a kind of an audience. You've got a family audience. What kind of criteria do you um, have, or is it you know it when you see it? Kind of a a, a measure.
3: Well. A little bit of both. Uh, the the main guidelines for determining if something is appropriate for the airport are pretty clear in that this is a, a place where people come to travel. The, our program is specifically present to enhance the travel experience. The guidelines, therefore, have to be uh, followed for anybody that's coming here with the family and has to be family-friendly. So the three guidelines that we have that, uh, that we operate on are one would be no nudity, two, no profanity, and number three, which is a little slightly a bit more interpretive, is nothing controversial such as religious topics, political topics, anything in that range. So that it's, it's definitely... Uh, meant to provide an art experience that that, that can be a a real pleasurable experience and an an enhancement to the travel experience in general as a a way to serve our customers.
0: Well, I just want to sort of stretch the point, though. No nudity. So we couldn't have any, like, figures, nude sketches or anything like that if it's a part of a theme of somebody's exhibition. That would...
3: Yes, that's exactly correct. Okay, yeah, wow. that's That's one of the things we do not do. Okay,
0: okay. Well, so that our listeners can enjoy what's going on, let's take a uh, an audio stroll through concourses A and B, first on the the uh, part that's not secured.
3: Okay, um, prior to the security checkpoint we have, um, as one would be traveling through that security checkpoint, we have what's, what I referred to before as a community focus space, and that Consists of actually five different locations within the uh, Thomas F. Riley Terminal, which is the name of the building that currently houses Terminal A, B, and C. Terminals A, B, and C. Um, There are Two wall cases as part of the community focus space they're wall mounted cases five feet by eight feet each uh there's one adjacent to baggage carousel one there's oh. another one uh adjacent to baggage carousel four and don't forget Those four are, four
0: uh, inches thick so that you can have some some sizable kinds of artwork underneath there
3: yeah they 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 have uh they have the capacity for like i say they're they' eight feet wide and there are those wall cases that are five feet tall and they have a depth of about their they're the plex box covers so it protects the artwork Right, and they have a depth uh, capacity of I think it's about eight inches so oh, that, that much if, more. The, okay. if any of the artwork that were to be exhibited had some uh, relief or depth to it it would accommodate that too and then as part of that same program uh, entry security checkpoint A terminal A B or C we have two slant top exhibition tables art display Play case tables that are also covered with plex boxes and those tables are about five feet wide and about 30 inches high and they will accommodate anything up to about four inches deep, usually the framed paintings or photography. And drawings are are considerably less than that, so they fit in there very comfortably. And we have a total of six of those slant-top tables. There's two at each security checkpoint entry right next to the line. So as people are going in the line and going up to the security checkpoint initial contact with TSA, they pass right by each of those uh, tables.
0: And it, it is interesting. Um, we're, we're talking about these particular ones. We're, we're doing an audio tour. And so I guess while we're doing the audio tour, um, you are you able in uh, either side to monitor what kinds of attraction those artworks are pulling? Is that part of your job description? You want to sort of cue in and see how people are connecting to it?
3: Uh, yeah, that's definitely a good question. Uh, it happens a couple of different ways and a couple of different paces. Um, as part of what I do, I'm constantly on the walk through the terminal, just seeing how the condition of the exhibits are, sort of a, almost a daily constitution. That's true. They
0: get smudged. And,
3: and uh, you know, check out to make sure that everything's is where, where it's supposed to be, and Generally speaking, I encounter people that are looking at the exhibits and I ask them what they think of it, and I um, always get a great deal of positive feedback. It's very gratifying to see that it's really doing the, the job that it's designed to do. And then the airport also does a, um, a customer survey, a customer satisfaction survey. I'm not sure what the frequency of that is, but we also get um, high marks during that, too. So there's a couple of different ways of measuring what the reactions are.
0: Okay. Well, now we're, let's go to where the Muckenthaler Cultural Center—that's ah. where that's presented at this point.
3: Okay. We have, in the last just a little over a year ago, uh, John Wayne Airport added Terminal C, and Terminal C, uh, which makes sense, follows right next to Terminal B. There's a pedestrian connector bridge between those two terminals, and within that. Pedestrian connector bridge. There are eleven art display cases. Each one's about twelve feet wide and about five and a half feet tall and about a foot deep. And that series of cases is dedicated to the program I mentioned earlier, which was called Orange County Destination Arts and Culture. And that particular program is used to promote uh, and and. give some exhibition to um, all of the different cultural venues that there are in the county that if a first, second-time visitor coming to Orange County would maybe want to go visit, this is a place, another place they could go see. Currently, we're exhibiting the Muckenthaler Cultural Center, which is in Forton, and they have a, a huge range of, of cultural activities they provide to the county and to the uh, public in general. And their exhibition will run through, I believe it's um, up through uh, about mid-June. And uh, they have uh, a number of different activities that they provide in each one of the Eleven cases. Yeah, no, to get a off flavor, one or all right. Two of those different categories,
0: right? Performing, exhibiting, right. Educating and training.
3: They have our cl- classes. They have uh, they have a, 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 a car show that is probably equivalent to a Concours d'Elegance that shows just really, really beautiful antique cars classic cars. They have um, a performing program, performance program, and they have a really nice stage with. Uh, you know, it's all very, very professionally presented, and all of these different topics, along with some of the history of the Muckenthaler uh, Cultural Center, is presented in the art uh, display cases.
0: And and your uh, added value here, if I can put it that way, Jeff, is that you're yeah. able to make sure that the way it's presented is no matter where the passenger's oriented, if they're coming or going.
3: They're I'll always going to,
0: they start at the beginning, no matter which end they are, so that it's a, it's a, it's a, a nice industrial kind of engineering you've done with uh, uh, assisting them, and they're putting that up there, the, the Cultural Arts Center. For those of you who've just joined us here on Ask a Leader, we are talking to Jeff Frisch, who is the, he's a working studio artist, and he wears another hat, a big one, uh, the curator and coordinator of the John Wayne Airport Art um, uh, Program, and we're talking about what we're seeing, uh, we're in the unsecured mm-hmm. area, and I, there's a drum roll, I don't have to give any kind of spoiler alert because it, it, it still has an impact no matter how much you know about in advance. Let's talk about that beautiful piece that Beth Nybick of Kansas City ha- was uh, successful in um, being selected for the installation in the newest concourse, see. Let our, okay. let our imaginations unfurl like the exhibit.
3: Well, that's a really, really beautiful piece of artwork, and the piece of artwork came about as a completion to the construction program to complete the construction of Terminal C, which opened in November of 2011. And uh, there's a a large sort of interior vault over the baggage carousel area in Terminal C, and so as part of the completion of that construction project, we did a, a national sort of search to throw it open to all the, or any of the public artists, public artists doing public artwork, uh, nationwide. And, uh, we narrowed it down. Eventually there was 20 people selected to, to provide proposals from those 20 an evaluation panel selected three finalists those three finalists just very coincidentally but extremely fairly came from across the nation they were yes. one team from boston one team from kansas city and one team from tustin so if you look at the map it's just perfectly distributed and the the winning uh team let's talk about was, that was a team from kansas city where the uh, a young woman artist who was uh I think just two or three years maximum out of uh, graduate school. And uh, she put together this piece and it's called Flight of Ideas. And it's several different bird-like or airplane-type shapes suspended from... High in that vault over the baggage carousel area, and it's just beautiful they're they're they have the sort of aluminum shaped bodies that she did all the welding herself. Yes, they have wings, and the wings go out sort of uh, have a almost a butterfly feel to them and the color that's added to that is that all of the wings have um aviation charts that are digitally applied to a uh, plexiglass that becomes the wing, and it's it's quite a stunning piece.
0: It's even evocative of like a origami um, Crane kind of a thing. It's it, it really she, yeah. she has lots and lots of textures in there, and that's that's permanent. So um, That's um, it's it's something to behold. I didn't know it until I had a chance to meet with you Jeffrey and, and take a look at that well um, I guess, well, before we walk into the secured area, I would like to ask some of the, the fiscal aspects. Who underwrites all of this program?
3: Well, the airport itself is self-sufficient, so it doesn't operate on tax dollar one. It generates all its own revenue, and that is part of the uh, the airport's regular budgeting is as, as there's several different things that, of course, they budget to keep the airport running, and the arts program is one of those items
0: so it's coming out of our ticket some fees from our tickets uh county county uh supporting the well not the county you said it's not a taxpayer but um a port authority is going to have some kind of a state or and local kind of funding though that that this may come out of
3: well uh, quite honestly i'm so nose into the arts program that when it comes to how all of the the details of the fiscal Aspects of it work, I'm probably not the person to ask. Okay, all well, I know is Jeff, that that's... The airport itself my generates all its own revenue and that it budgets all the operations from that. Okay. And it doesn't take tax dollar one and... Uh, that's you know the a uh, basic format that that I understand, and if you, if you need more detail, I'd probably refer well, you to our public information officer for we're, that.
0: We're good. We're, I'm probably going to think it's it's largely uh, fees from our our plane tickets that we're uh, using to to get in and out of there. So, we're, but that's our we've underwritten in a way. Well, let's go then. Uh, let's pretend we do have a, a legit airline ticket. We can go into the secured area, and presently we have a uh, living through the um oh gosh my little title here living through ch- living through children's go ahead uh, through yeah, children's eyes
3: very, very close to the title the title of the current exhibition on the secure side of the airport is uh, an exhibition of uh original illustrations from a wide range of children's books the title of the exhibition very close to what you said is quote seen through a child's eye unquote and that's the title of the exhibition and it has uh, i think there's oh goodness there's probably About 70 70? or mm-hmm. to 80 different um, actual original illustrations and in, in several places we've actually included uh, a copy of the book to show how the original illustration was applied either on the cover of the book or provides the book to show where the illustration was going in the book and uh, it's been a it's a, just a delightful show.
0: Well, I unfortunately did not have a ticket when I was doing a little groundwork, <laughs> and so uh, I'm I'm going to take you it. But you can see it, everybody, on the the website. I mean, there's a website for everything, including this art program. You can go to ocair.com, and you can not only find out what's on exhibit now, how long it'll be there, and uh, what uh, you're because you're you're reaching out for the uh, themed. Uh, the Orange County Artist-Themed Exhibition for uh, next year, that deadline is rapidly approaching. Uh, It's in May for next year's uh, exhibit.
3: Right. And actually, it it extends even beyond next year. The call to artists, uh, the submittals are due on May 15th, and it's pretty clearly defined on our website, And You can just go to the the section on the homepage where it says Terminals. There's a drop-down, and it'll say Art Exhibits, and you just click on that. And that will give you all the information relative to the call to artists for our community focus space program. And depending on how many artists are reviewed and approved and recommended for approval by the John Wayne Airport Arts Commission, uh, they are calendared onto the exhibition calendar. And then the length of that calendar is totally dependent upon how many artists actually end up uh, receiving that recommendation for approval by the Arts Commission. And then uh, sometimes it goes out two or three years. Each exhibition is about a month. We've had up to maybe, I think at one point, we had like 25 artists in line. So it's a pretty simple thing. Do the math. That's how many months it was. Okay. Who's on the
0: commission, uh, Jeff, Jeff? The John Wayne Arts Commission. Yes. Who's
3: on the commission? Okay, the John you? Lane Airport Arts Commission, since the county of Orange owns John Lane Airport, uh, that means we're under the jurisdiction of the Orange County Board of Supervisors, and the, each there's five supervisorial districts within the county of Orange, and each supervisor appoints a commissioner to the commission, and that's a decision from each uh, board officer's, each um, each supervisor's office, and they're the ones that do the selection of the Arts Commission members.
0: Okay, they're the ones. Well, I'm just wondering when you were talking about this, could it, uh, and have they, uh, an enterprising group of students, could they bring their work to, to you for, um, for consideration?
3: Oh, great. Thank you for the reminder on that. Yes, one of the the, the final and technically fourth rotating exhibition program we have uh, occurs once a year. It's an annual uh, student art contest open to every single student, public and private school student in the county of Orange from uh, kindergarten through 12th grade. It's always an aviation theme, and our contest plugs into, basically by having the rules compatible, plugs into the International Aviation Art Contest so that that our winners would go from here to the state level and that competition is administered by the southwestern region of the FAA office in Hawthorne. There's the state level, the competition there. The winners from that go to the national competition, and then the national winners go to the international competition. I see competition, where you're going with that. Which is that. generally held in Lucerne, Switzerland, I think, in like April or May, and then usually by June or July they've announced who the winners are. And uh, John Wayne Airport entrance have been... Uh, Pretty successful. We've had several at the international level. We've had several winners at the international level over the years. So we have an incredible pool of talented students in the county of Orange, and we have that student art contest every year at the very beginning of the school year. Generally, the notice goes out maybe towards the end of September. Okay. The deadline for submittals is in the end of October, and then the, there's a jurying process, and then the winners are selected. They receive prizes, okay. and it's quite. And then there's an exhibit in the airport of the student art contest winners.
0: Well, the, then the work doesn't necessarily have to be in a school program. It's that it's a student that qualifies the work. They, this is something they can be right. doing independently. So everybody's in on this. So uh, for those of you who have tuned into the show this is Ask a Leader today we're talking with Jeffrey Frisch who is himself a working studio artist as well as the curator coordinator at John Wayne Air Arts program and we're 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 in the secured area and now i guess well that's a transition into you're in the secured area that's a new protocol since 911 and i would like to step back and have you tell us what you started in uh, 1998 uh, with this position, but there was there uh, were there some adjustments that you had to make post 9/11.
3: Well, when I first started, I worked part-time from uh, about September to March, 97 to 98. And I went full-time in March of 98. And we did several exhibitions and there was one in particular we did where uh, one of the standard events that happens with an art exhibition is to have an opening reception. And we used to be able to actually have the opening reception for the public in, on the what's now known as the secure side. And um, and of course, one of the one of the uh, rules in sign 11 is that only ticketed passengers are now allowed to go over there. No
0: media, uh, uh, no media, that, not even commuter radio can go back there
3: without a ticket. Yeah, they're, they, they, there's they very very closely controlled media access to the other to the uh, other side of the secure side. And um, that was one of the reasons why I couldn't tour you past that in, in person. <laughs> just a uh, just a, a very very black and white policy that the uh, airport has. The uh, even the national media have requested and. Uh, not well, been allowed to go over there.
0: Well, I'm thinking in terms too of the content, uh, you know. And we were talking about this. There's an engine, or sort of a street engineering term for mm-hmm. calming traffic so that pedestrians are more inclined to use the sidewalks. But there's different things that can be done. I don't know if there's uh, a way that you're trying to. Maybe draw out, calm down the passenger who is making their way in a kind of frenzied state, uh, uh, you know, at starting their travel or, or ending their travel. There is there anything in the content or um, or the space, the presentation, other than like you orient people to where an exhibit starts and stops, that um, that you help them out with. Um,
3: Oh yeah I think that, that you know, you you bring up a really good point that um, the real mission of the airport arts program in the context of the airport is to clearly enhance the travel experience and depending on the amount of experience people have having you know traveling with their business travelers or or just traveling on vacation or family visits um, some people maybe carry a little higher level of anxiety doing the whole process others don't but the idea is that the program the arts program itself is is there to Enhance the program. Have a, also makes a, uh, a very decent statement on cultural development of the county of Orange itself, which is what the airport represents, and um, you know just in general is maybe not designed so much to specifically address any anxiety people might have, but it certainly is meant to enhance the the experience itself. I think so. uh, Hopefully that could be a side effect.
0: Yes, with the current, the Yosemite photos are certainly a, a marvel to see in the unsecured area, and while we're ripping out our ID, there, there we could be looking at that, when we're just about ready to talk to our first TSA uh, employee and that kind of thing. <laughs> right. So, well, uh, Jeffrey Tish, uh, Frisch, it's, um, it's been a delight talking with you today. Thanks for holding together a, a program with, with a lot of potential that you're really backing up with um, some really fine uh, aesthetic there at the airport. You should take a bow, and uh, thanks for being on the show today.
3: Well, I thank you very much, and I also want want everybody to know that, you know, the airport itself deserves a credit for supporting that program, too, because it's a very, very sophisticated airport and a sophisticated program. So thank you very much for letting me talk about it.
0: Okay. Well, folks, that was Jeffrey Frisch, as I was saying, from the uh, John Wayne Airport Art Program. I wanted to uh, thank him for being on the show today, and thank you all for listening. Uh, as I'm signing off, I just wanted to bring up this uh, one little tidbit. Uh, it's an FYI, everybody. In order to receive local civil emergency bulletins, it's necessary to subscribe to the right website. I uh, I did the opposite. Um, the correct website is alertoc.com. The opposite that I did uh, made me get the Orlando Orange County, Florida uh, uh, alert. So I was uh, very privy to all the tornadoes coming through over Sunday. So uh, although I'd like to be informed about those tornadoes, it's best to know what's happening in my area. So before uh, I'm tracking everybody else. So just saying, alertoc.com is what you want to subscribe to so you know what's going on. uh, Shout out to Keith Koch in Orlando for helping me get that all straightened out. He's a fine civil servant. Well, so we're going to Uh, turn this show over next to George Rosales uh, in a bit. George had a hat. My guest next week for sure is UCI professor David Pan, director of the newly created European Studies program and fresh off an invigorating conference he presented this very campus. So take care. Thanks everybody for listening.